What up? Welcome to a podcast, Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 363. This is a long one. Joined by Blunt Doctor, or maybe it's the Blunt Doctor. Talk about the Patreon, merch shop, podcasting, NBA pods, Facebook groups, a bunch of basketball talk, the Suns, owners, uh, some politics at the end. Uh, thanks for checking us out. Podcast with Mo. What up? <clears throat> First thing I'm getting to today is the Patreon. Patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo. Go there, give a dollar more a month, get early access to the podcast. You give enough, you'll be a co-producer like my mother, like Graveyard Entertainment, like it's your boy h2.com and like Forgotten One. Keeping us going with their big, powerful, massive money contributions. Also, we have a merch shop at shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast mo. Go there, get your podcast t-shirt. I think we got like a a tote bag, maybe a hat, you know, all kinds of neat gifts. Y'all just go shop to your heart's content. Um all right. This week, uh, I got someone that's kind of like, you know, an Internet legend in my world, but not for many people in the world, um, goes by the name of the Blunt Doctor. Uh, he is a in this basketball Facebook group I am in where people just talk about the NBA all the time. And with a name like the Blunt Doctor, it's hard not to notice him, you know, so I needed someone to talk basketball. We haven't talked basketball in this in a while. Um, so I feel like we at least have two things in common. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Let's give him a call. Okay, wait. Now I can hear you, I think. Uh, yeah, so I gave you a little intro of, uh, I, I know you from the uh, Facebook group, two separate ones actually over the years. And with a name yep. like Blunt Doctor, it's just, you know, you always remember it. And uh, I needed someone to come on and talk a little basketball. And I felt like this seemed like a good pairing. So uh, what's a good intro for you? A uh, uh, good intro for me in terms of what I do or what, you yeah. know, I mean, uh, for instance, like I rap. And so when I go on another podcast, I don't want to talk about my day job. I'm like, I'm a fucking rapper, you know? So like, you know, however you would talk, talk yourself up, you know, whatever you want to do. Yeah. I mean, I work a job and it is whatever, and I don't give a shit about it. And <laughs> it's yeah. just how I, right. I pay my bills. And then I spend all of my free time. Well, okay. All of my free time, not, you know, dealing with my four month old son, that is uh, all of my free time. I rap as well, actually, probably not as well as you, because I do stupid, terrible mixtape shit. I put on my YouTube page, but I enjoy doing it. So who gives a fuck? I make every fucking, you know, podcast episode that I can whenever I have a manic episode and I feel like I'm a crazy person so I can record some shit. I'm just. I'm just a project doer and I love podcasting more than anything. And I love basketball and football and I could talk about them all day, every day with anyone because I am just a little bit obsessive and crazy like that. And the only lie in that sentence was I said I was a little bit obsessive and crazy. Right. So, well, it sounds like we do have uh, we have a lot of shared shit in our Venn diagram, you know, rap. I mean, I'm not I do honestly think my last couple albums are pretty fucking good. I, I like spent some time learning how to make beats and do it, all that shit. And I finally kind of got my mixing to where it's like, Hey, this shit isn't bad. Um, 
But I also was like a, a DIY artist and like, fuck y'all guys. I do it because I love it. And eventually it's kind of paid off. But then again, some people might hear it and think it fucking sucks. So like it is what it is. Well, I'll tell you, I was listening to the podcast when you asked me about coming on and I was listening. I was like, God damn, this is like quality audio here. I was wondering, like, I was wondering, like, I was like, how is it so crisp? And then now it makes perfect sense. So, you know, I mean, sometimes you just sometimes everything just sort of falls into place, dude. Right. I, I've been I'll tell you what I've been I have been writing and rapping lyrics since I ra- rapping lyrics. Wow. I, could I fucking sound wider than that? Uh, <laughs> but since I was like 10 years old. So, yeah, I mean, it's just something that I do out of passion. Like, I just love hip hop and I love my favorite rappers, cannabis. So I love like lyrical hip hop. You know, I love just like, um, yeah, I just love wordplay kind of shit. So. Um, I just, for me, it's kind of like an outlet, you know, when I feel like I need to, I have too much going on in my brain and I just want to write some shit down. Like the other day, um, you know, Pusha T, uh, he dropped, uh, he just dropped a new album, but right. he put one of his beats up on Twitter for free. Uh, just for the hell of it, he posted the Dropbox and it crashed within like two minutes, but I got it. And so I just sat there and I wrote a little mix and in like three hours, it wasn't, you know, I did it on this podcast studio. So the quality was garbage, but it was just fucking fun to rap on the new push beat. You know, I just enjoy doing things that I like spending my time doing because that's what makes me truly feel productive, not like working a job. I mean, sure, you might when you work, you can feel productive and it's like, hey, I got the paycheck. I did this. You know, I helped these people or whatever, but. It's how I spend my free time that I really would define myself, I guess. Right. Yo, I'm, I mean, I'm right there. Like I, I rap forever, like since college, I guess actually when I first started and, you know, and it was fun and I'd freestyle and do different things, make songs. Um, but it wasn't until I started my podcast that I got like some mics and an audio interface. It was like, hold on, I'm going to, I think I can figure this out a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, like I, I would just rather spend my free time making a podcast or making a song or making a beat or I mean, I also like video games and watching sports and different stuff, but the, the, the amount of like gratitude I get inside myself from like creating something is so much greater than if I spent the night just watching something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that. And I actually, you know, I have a, uh, I have, well, if you count my laptop, I have 10 screens in my office, so I really never have to make that choice. Right. <laughs> so I've got, I've got one set of 4k screens and one set of UHD screens. So I can basically have all the games going still be working on my project and do a little work on the side. Like I, I'm one of these people I can't, I kind of do things in bursts. Like I'm not going to sit here and do something for eight straight hours. It's like, I have like a little burst of doing something for three hours and then I'm done with it for a while. You know, I, I kind of work off creative energy and, and how it comes. And so like, you know, that's like with my podcast, like, you know, I, you probably do the same thing. Like I, I hear all these people are like my producer, blah, blah, blah. I don't have a producer. I don't have a this. I don't have a that. I record the shit myself. I edit the shit myself. I put it together. You know, I, I do everything. The only thing I don't do for my podcast was the intro and outro music, which I took from uh, a dude on YouTube who is awesome. Uh, his name's David Taylor. I don't think he's making beats anymore, but in any case, obviously I got his, uh, you know, his go ahead to use it. But, um, you know, that's pretty much the only thing I don't do myself. You know, I, I, so, I, you know, I take that as an opportunity too. like, you got to learn. All right. I've got to try to my audio to sound a little cleaner. So I bought a mixing board and I kind of learned how to use that. And, uh, you know, I just take those things as an opportunity to learn because I enjoy learning and there's something really, really fulfilling about like, Hey, I took on this project. I completed this project. I did this myself. 
And now uh, that I have this new place we moved into a few months ago, my office where I can kind of just go be self lock in. It makes it a lot easier to just kind of do my thing and stay focused and to kind of, you know, context switch between, Oh, I'm rapping right now. Oh, I'm podcasting right now. Oh, I'm working right now. I'm just in my space. So it's easy for me to go between those things. Right. I mean, I've, I'm at the point where, I mean, I'm at like 300 and some episodes in and I come out like pretty consistent schedule and it is like a fine oil machine. Right. But I have like none of the success from it, <laughs> but I have like <laughs> proven to myself like, Oh, I could do this, you know? And when you, I mean, I really appreciate the comment that it sounded good audio wise, because when I first started, uh, me and my best friend started this originally and they, we had two USB mics that were like different sampling rates. And so they would just get off of each other as you would go through. So I would spend like hours mixing one episode to cut different parts and realign it. So like right now, honestly, it's so easy compared to what it used to be. But like, I really wanted it in the beginning, you know, but those early episodes fucking suck because the audio is so bad. And I listen to a lot of podcasts too, which I'm guessing you do as well, given we're in these groups. And like, I just, I know when I hear a podcast, I'm like, that sounds bad. Or, you know, I wouldn't do this or I should try that. So like you, it's just like music. I mean, you just learn from others and you kind of figure it out. You know, you grow it and learn as you go. Yeah. And you know, the interesting thing to me is because I'm with you, like I, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, pretty much all of them are basketball. I do listen to football podcasts as well. I, I have like a, a childhood love of basketball that will never go away. I, I think football is still my favorite sport to watch just because of a personal obsession with Tom Brady that dates back, dates back to his days at Michigan when I was a teenager. But, um, I have like a childhood love of basketball. And so I want to talk about basketball all the time. And so I listen to basketball podcasts constantly. Do you listen and, to uh basketball Illuminati? I, it's my new favorite. I'm obsessed with it. Um, I, I'm not familiar with that one, actually. I, it uh, doesn't. Yeah. Tom Havelstro and uh, Amino Hassam. And every episode is like uh, <laughs> the angle is like, what is the conspiracy this week? But it's also with bad. It's so good like i'm so jealous that i couldn't have done some done it you know like that, so, that's how good it is so i'll tell my amino hassan story so this dude hates me oh shit and <laughs> yeah and um it's because i i used to have a problem being a, a drunken twitter troll and this is just the honest to god truth so back in the day um you know amino hassan used to work for the suns and i'm a diehard suns fan and when he left the suns he was mad about being fired. There's really no other way to put yeah, it yeah. or his contract wasn't renewed or whatever. And he's he still would just mad. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he would just constantly talk shit about the Suns. Now it's a little bit less, but he would just constantly throw shit. And, and I, I'm, I just said to him one time, I'm like, dude, I'm like, you constantly throw shade on the Suns, and it's annoying. And I used the tame term like throw shade three times. Cause I was drinking and he's like, did you just learn the term throw shade today or something? And he's fucking, he's honestly fucking just trolling the shit out of me back. And he was, he was honestly winning. Like I was like super drunk. And so here's the other thing. I was using Twitter on my PC. And at the time when you use Twitter on your PC, when people responded or liked or retweeted you, sometimes it would show those things three and four times in a row. And I decided to fuck with him by not responding to what he was saying. So I mistakenly believed he was sending me like boatloads of responses and I just kept responding to things he never said. And he was like, he just started. He, I was like, you're making my Twitter profile famous. Thanks for responding again. I'm like super drunk. And I didn't know Twitter at this point and all this stuff. 
And he is at a Suns game with another Suns writer I know, Mike Dunlap. So anyway, he tweets an image of that movie, The Jerk, uh, Steve Martin looking at a phone book and saying it's his name. Regardless, he basically trolls the shit out of me, rails me, wins, makes me look like a fucking idiot, and then mutes me and never talks to me again. And it just, he... He, I know because I've talked to other Suns writers, he fucking hates me and talks shit about me. <laughs> and so it's just one of those things that, um, that always made me, and it was totally my fault. I was the one being the jerk. Like, right. it's, but, uh, yeah, regardless, I say all of that to say, I did tell you you'd have to shut me up, by the way. Uh, I did not know they were doing that podcast, but I really enjoy Haberstroh. And I mean, I still like Amin El Hassan, even right. if he thinks I'm a douchebag. So I will definitely check that out. Yeah. From a um, podcaster's perspective, just they have so many audio drops. You know what I mean? That I so appreciate. Like every time they say something, uh, you know, like a, an audio cue will come up and play some fucking, you know, reoccurring joke they have. And it's just like, man, I wish all podcasts took this much time on the audio aspect of it. You know, like, uh, and and I'm sure you're a fan of Bill Simmons. Maybe I don't know. We're in the so for people that don't know because I didn't really talk about it. There's a originally, you know, I love. I don't know if I love Bill Simmons, but I like Bill Simmons a lot. You know, I listen to all of his podcasts because I like basketball. Um, and he's he's all right. And then so I would join the Ringer basketball Facebook group, and then through some fucking revolt or some shit, someone started the overstated NBA group, and I joined that one. And then that one had all the good content, so I left the Ringer one, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that's just where things are. I now I've tried to listen to the overstated guys podcast. I had Brett on one time. He didn't, I asked him to come back. I don't think he liked my podcast, uh, but he, uh, I don't know. It's a little boring for me. You know, my podcast preferences, it's like a lot of numbers and shit. And I'm more of like, let's, I go by the gut, you know, where, uh, when I, when I want to hear shit. So th- those guys are cool. But anyway, that's how I've kind of knew you. So people just post these takes all day and then you posted some wild takes and then people just like get offended by it. Like, and I love it. So I enjoy the fact you're kind of a troll and I enjoy internet culture. Like I love memes. I love gifts. I love, you know, all that shit, you know, like let's lean into it. This isn't the world we're in. Well, and I think, you know, like I played basketball when I was a kid uh, before my hips basically fell apart. I have pins in my hips, so I can't really play anymore. So that's another thing, too, that like I'm talking shit to people who I know would absolutely wreck me on a court and I don't care. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you my guiding principle on the Internet. And it's it's actually a lyric from Eminem from a, from a song called Bad Influence that he did on the End of Days soundtrack. And he said, as long as I'm on pills and I've got plenty of pot. I'll be in a canoe paddling, making fun of your yacht. And that's exactly how I feel about all of this shit, because I just don't care. I'm here to fuck with people and just have a good time. Like when you play basketball, you talk trash. And to me, I think that's what these Facebook groups are for. And I don't know what it is about me that made people so upset. But like someone else comes in there and goes, oh, this team's going to win the championship. And the general response is, oh, yeah, whatever. When I do it, it's 100 responses. I don't know what I don't know what combination of words I'm using, but I just took great joy out of starting these arguments and then just leaving. And well, something I don't know if you're familiar with your origin, at least to me, in the that is. So when we all left the ringer when I went to overstated this Facebook group, again, I barely use Facebook except for these Facebook groups of different random fandoms that I kind of like. And so I didn't realize everyone and I'm not saying everyone, I don't want to hate cause I enjoy the overstated group, but they are very bully mentality, right? At the, like there's like this upper echelon that think they're kind of like 
I guess they're the founders of it. So they just think they're cooler. But like when right. you were still in the ringer group and not in Overstead yet, people were screenshotting your posts from the ringer group and sharing them as memes in the other group and being oh like, look at this fucking blunt doctor. Can you believe this take? So yeah, people knew of you before you ever came. And then in those, cause I remember posting, I was like someone inviting to this group. Like I would rather have a guy in here making takes. That's what this whole group's about. And then, so I think eventually someone did, but yeah, there was a while before you were in it that like you were a thing, which I think like you should be proud of. I am proud of it. And the thing I am most proud of is that I know for a fact, I, I said this once on Twitter and an NBA writer that I know again, confirmed it. I was like, listen, I'll never be media. I'll never be any of those things. I don't want to be, I don't try to be, but <clears throat> at least, you know, 35 to 40% of sports writers have a take on me. 75% of those people's take is negative, but the point is that I exist in that circle. And I, I just, I, I do enjoy that fact. I love when I see that like people are screenshotting my shit and talking shit about me. It makes me laugh, honestly, especially now, like when you have a kid, like, like, uh, you know, my fiance was pregnant and when the sons lost the finals, I you know, it was like, whatever, I don't give a shit anymore. We're getting close to having a kid. It's a bummer. They lost. I'm not going to argue with people all day when my son's about to be born. I'm too excited to be a dad. Right. And now that I'm back in the group and posting again, cause I just, you know, when the kid was born, you don't have time to fuck around with that shit. But now that I'm kind of, he's getting his rhythm and I can live my life again. People are like, Oh, you ran away. And I was just like, I said to one person, I was like, it warms my fucking heart that you have thought about me for a year <laughs> to the fact that I would post here and it would make you go this crazy. You're like, he's like, you're a coward and you ran away. I'm like, I, I should start a fucking rental service with all the property I have in your guys' heads because uh, right. clearly there's plenty. Well, and the thing that the reason you broke through is because everyone else, they talk about the founders of the group. Like, that's always they talk like you're the only non- quote unquote like in the cool club or whatever that they talk about you know it's like you have broken through so i just think yeah it's it's very cool yeah i've finally made it mom i'm the king of <laughs> facebook groups yeah you in the overstated nba facebook group <laughs> this this one group of 1500 people loves me so much but you know what that's fine because that's more people than ever listen to my podcast so right. what the fuck no, over dude, i'm right there now I, I will say brett was great when i when he was on the podcast i was really good and he's the same way he'll make a take and now there's like this subsection of like people in that group that like they just hate him no matter what he says like they do hate him and i'm like i don't even understand i don't know any of these people you're all just names you're just names on facebook talking about basketball but like people put so much passion into like you know arguments about it it's it's great but it's also annoying you know some same time there are a subset of people that believe that i am brett i know and you believe <laughs> that my 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 profile is just an alternate for him and i've told people many times that is not the case and they're just like, well, that's what you would say. And I'm like, well, I can't argue with that. So, <laughs> right. I mean, it's very funny. I mean, I, I even referenced it when I'm back on this podcast because I was like, if you're Brett, it's going to be obvious because your voice is going to sound <laughs> the same. Um, but yeah, you have a, I mean, Brett's voice, great, but you have a great podcast voice. So I would say, like, uh, you know, keep you. with it for sure. You know, I think a lot of that, I mean, even in rap as well, like a lot of it is your voice. You know, you can have yeah. cool points and stuff, but if people think, uh, yeah, I don't believe that or I don't, Something about that isn't genuine. Or I don't like that voice. Like it just isn't, it won't work for you, you know? Yeah. And that's the one thing I, you know, I've always kind of taken pride in is I, I do feel like I record pretty well. Like I think my podcast comes out well. And, you know, we talked earlier about um, 
you know, the quality and editing of some things. Like I literally, I, you know, I listen to ESPN podcasts that are very clearly like, you know, it's a Zoom call and yeah. uh, a Logitech webcam. Like, what is it? The Hoop Collective? Yeah. Fucking yeah. trash. And they just don't care. And I, <laughs> in, in some levels, I kind of respect it because you're a billion dollar company and you're just, you're just like, I don't give a shit. You'll listen to it. Fuck you. And they're right. I'm still listening. But I do. It, it bugs me when I hear my podcast and I hear like, you know, stuff that, you know, that I wouldn't want to hear in someone else's podcast. So as long as I can like play it in my car and it sounds like a, you know, solid organic and there's not like tons of background noise, I feel good about myself. And I think I do a pretty decent job. It is one of those things where this is something where my gift of just being able to talk a lot is good, right? Because, you know, I do a show where I, a lot of the time fill an hour by myself and like you, I'm not going to sit there and, you know, some of these people, one guy that I met on Facebook, like listened to my podcast and I was like, you guys have a great podcast. You know, you, you sound like good friends or whatever. I don't know if I even really listened to his show. I don't, I didn't really give a shit, but he was like giving me these notes about like, he's like, you're kind of free form and I prefer scripted and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, number one, I didn't ask you. And number two, if you need a script to do a podcast, that means you don't really have a lot to say anyway, because if you have to think about every single thing you're going to say before you go to record, then go fucking write an article, be, be a writer, be a blogger, because you should be able to come to the microphone and spit takes and say what you think without always needing that preparation. And I, I'm not a guy who's anti-numbers. I love the analytics. I love being into numbers and I love coming up with that stuff. But if, if you're going to talk about basketball and that's the only thing that you can do, we know, we know what people who don't know anything about, but only numbers sound like. And I, truthfully haven't really listened to the overstated that much because I, you know, again, I just kind of checked out on basketball podcast last summer and now I'm kind of getting back into it. But I do, I do agree that there's like a certain level of, I think some of us who podcasts would have been able to do radio. And I think that some of us who podcasts would have never survived and would have died. And I think I'm one of the people who could fill three hours. And I think that some people who sit there and have to read a script and have to know every single thing that they're going to say. And I've written out my podcast and I know how I'm going to phrase everything. That's great. But uh, like, what are you doing then? Right. To well, me, that's, that's, you know, I, I yeah, don't like it. I mean, it's like I said kind of earlier, you know, you get inspired by what you like. So for instance, I kind of my whole podcast, I'm like a non-famous Bill Simmons, Joe Rogan, right? Like, so I, I come in with absolutely no notes. You know, I mean, on my Monday episodes, my cousin comes on, we kind of do current events. I have some general like, hey, let's touch on these things. But it's just thoughts I've had throughout the week. Um, but yeah, if I have an artist on or somebody, you know, we're just kind of shooting the shit. And uh, that that is the thing now. But also like a, ra- a podcast like Radio Lab. And that's completely scripted journalists. You know, it's basically a written essay that they're reading. And it is good, you know, but it, those are different. Those are different things. Like, I know they're both called podcasts, but they really are like two totally different mediums. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of agree um, as far as the sports. I think you probably could talk forever. Like I haven't ever done a solo podcast by myself because when I the few times I've done like a small segment, I just start talking faster and faster and faster and faster and fa- until I'm like, what the fuck is happening? You know, so I kind of need that other person that I can be having a conversation with uh but yeah in general it is kind of all bullshitting and some people listen to this and they'll be like yeah y'all bullshitting is the most boring shit you know and i I respect that take you know it's not made for everybody yeah you know i came up listening to sports radio like local sports radio national sports radio that's honestly how 
I spent my time like as a teenager, like when I was on my own, like I, I've always kind of had insomnia and I would drive around at night and I would listen to sports radio. And a lot of late night sports radio is one guy with a microphone using silence to reinforce his point. Right. And using those breaks to let things sink in for a moment and all that kind of stuff. And that informed how I did my podcast. Cause the thing is, this is not the first podcast I've done. This is not the first attempt at this I've made. I've tried a lot of different versions, a lot of different names. I had, uh, you know, co-hosts I had by myself. I've tried a lot of different things. I tried really heavy scripting where I wrote really in-depth notes. I tried no scripting at all where I just let it flow. I, I, I've done a hundred different versions, but I always kind of would just run out of steam. And with this show, I set out and I said, okay, I'm not going to make anything. I'm not going to pressure myself. I'm not going to, you know, make it about any specific thing. I want to talk about gambling, sports, my stuff, whatever. This is just my lifestyle show, if you will. And so for the most part, that's going to be just me. And I need to be able to, you know, handle that. And I think I've been able to do it. I've had my lulls. Uh, most recently when, you know, after the kid was born, it was really tough to record and I've taken a few months off, but, um, I've been pretty consistent with it. I'm nowhere near like a thousand episodes consistent like you are, but the goal is to get there one day, but, um, where it is, it can be tough. 503, I think total, something like that. Yeah. Not a thousand. Yeah. (laughs) Well, nonetheless, it's extremely impressive that, that level of, I see, I struggle with the, my thing is struggling with the consistency. Like I could sit here and talk for three hours right now about one topic, but like then the next time I was supposed to record, I might be feeling, uh, you know, I'll just say it. I'm part of the whole thing is I'm bipolar. And so you know, when I'm having a depressive episode, it's very difficult to record when I'm having a manic episode, I'll record four episodes in two days. Like it just, it's completely dependent on what level of energy and power that I have. And some days I just straight up don't have it. And that to me, that's almost like the blood doctor isn't there. So there's literally no point recording. I'm not trying to say I have multiple personalities or whatever, but it's just kind of how I view myself in my head. Like if the blunt doctor is not there, then I'm not recording some other shit. I'm not just going to write shit down because it never worked for me. My, my thing is I basically write ball, like bullet points. Like I'll I, like, I'll come up with 12 bullet points and I'll just tell myself, all right, I want to talk about these for five minutes each. That's 60 minutes. Boom. If I have a person coming on, I usually write 10 questions that I'm going to ask them so that they can prepare if they want to. And then I ask them those questions as we go and we just let it flow. You know, I, I kind of have the formats I want to do, but like, I don't do ad reads. I don't, you know, I don't have any of that kind of shit on my show. I just, I do, I just do it for myself. It's more of my personal, like mental journal than anything else. Cause I have so much to say. I've just got to get it out somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the journal is actually perfect. I always tell people that um, and I am planning on, there's like a 98% chance this podcast is ending at episode 400, but um, there's this idea that like someday I can go back and listen to these, you know, however many years I've been doing this and I can like know exactly what I was thinking the week of whatever, you know, like, cause I have it all on a podcast where I talk about fucking everything, you know? And so maybe that will never do that. But the idea that I could seems very cool. I, and I love that idea. Like for my son, Like, I love the idea that he might want to know who I was before he knew me as his dad. And he could go back and listen to, like, what kind of person I genuinely am. Because, you know, you know, especially before I even knew I was going to have a son, you know, I was 
a loud mouth firing takes. And I don't think I'm any really different from that now. But the point is, if if he ever wanted to know who I truly was, he could go back and, and find that out. And so that's something that to me, like, I actually take that seriously. And I think it's important to me. And I think just this morning I did my 73rd episode in this version of the Blunt Doctor show. And I think I started it in like December, 2020. So, I mean, that's not a lot of episodes, but for me, I had never gotten past episode 12 before when I was recording. So just to be there, to be still doing it, to have literally no end in sight, like I'm not going to stop anytime soon. Right. And especially now I, I quit drinking actually recently. And I've, I've found that alcohol was sapping a lot of my energy to do things. And I feel a lot of strength and a lot of energy now. So, you know, I have no intention of stopping this shit anytime soon. And, you know, I'm just going to keep going. And again, I don't care what I'm like you, like, it doesn't matter to me what happens with my podcast. I do it for me. If somehow someone wanted to work with me, great. There's been talks. I'm, I'm going to be hosting another show soon. Uh, like a YouTube show. I'm, I'm doing a lot of things. So there's possibilities. Um, but you know, I'm never going to be the kind of person who's like, oh, I've got to try to make it to ESPN or something. I'm just not wired that way. Right. Well, and I mean, staying independent is the, mo the move these days. People don't get it, but that's the move. Um, even yeah. like if you happen, because the only time they want to sign you is when you've already made a name for yourself. And if you're already there, then fuck them, you know? Um, yeah. All right. So let's get to some basketball while I have you here, since, you know, we spent this whole time talking about behind the scenes podcast shit. But I think that's what the fucking fans wanted to hear. Damn it. Um so you're a son. All people, <laughs> I never talk about behind the stuff. They're, they've been dying for an interview with me. People have been clamoring. Yeah. They're like, let us know about you, Blunt Doctor. I know. And I, I, like, I got to find you on Twitter after this. I'll make sure to tag you when it comes out to get all those fans. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so you're going to get yourself dozens of listens doing that. Dozens. One thing <laughs> I think, uh, like, you're a fan of the Suns, and I'm a fan of the Thunder because I live in Oklahoma. And, you know, mm -hmm. I have to deal with. You know, you stole the team and y'all didn't deserve it. And here's the thing. Oklahoma City Thunder fans do kind of suck. Now, it's because they're football fans, right? They're OU Sooner fans and Dallas Cowboy fans. And then I'm not, but uh, most are. And then they watch basketball in like the off season of those sports. So to them, they're like Russell Westbrook's this, uh, you know, he was that dependable running back for us all those years. And. KD was the arrogant wide receiver. Like that's like the the way they kind of view the the shit to me. And uh, you know, but we had Chris Paul come in, and even though I love Russ, you know, and what he did for the Thunder, like he was such a breath of fresh air. I went to some games that year uh, to watch him, the one year we had him, and it was great having Chris Paul. I was like, it's great. He's a real point guard, and he, uh, you know, I don't know. I just loved it. And then he went on to the Suns, and so I've been kind of cheering for him there. So I am happy for y'all. But also another way, I'm like, if we could have kept him, I think the Thunder could be there. God damn it, with Shea. Like, you know, that's my homerism. Well, <laughs> really, yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong, and I'm not really sure I understand what the Thunder are doing. I, I mean, I understand the whole we have every pick in the world and we're going to hit on megastars and all this stuff. But you already have Shea. And you don't just have an unlimited time for him to sit there and deal with losing constantly. And I know that just a couple of years ago, you went to the playoffs, but now it's back to the hole. We're tanking everything. And I don't like the thing is that the Thunder are doing what the Suns did for a decade. And they're saying, we're going to take a shot at every talented player who has all the tools, regardless of whether or not they're a winning player, because we're trying to find megastars. And that's how you end up with Alexi, you know, Pokashevsky. And that's how you end up with Teo Maladon. And, you know, that's how you end up with Josh Giddy. Now, J Josh Giddy looks like a home run, but it's one of these things where 
you're not bringing in winning players. And that was the thing that James Jones did when he came to the Suns. He was like, we're done taking swings on just everyone under the sun who could theoretically be something. And from now on, what we're going to do is we're going to find winning players who know how to win games. And that was that was I was almost resistant to that change at first. I was like, what? Winning players, veterans? What is this? And yet look at what has become. And the Thunder have gone in the exact opposite direction. And I mean, the thing is, you love the collection of young players, right? You like Lou Dort. You like Darius Baisley. It just. Those are my two favorite, what? actually. Yeah. 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 And, and, and but but what are they like? Because you're not even playing them because you're coming up with fake reasons to not even play them down the stretch of the season. If the Thunder just were playing, if, if, it, if the lineup was just, you know, Shea and Dort and Giddy and Baisley. And, you know, whoever the fuck you want to play at, at center, you know, whatever, however you want to handle that, you know, situation, um, you know, or just just however you want to handle it. I, I'm much more interested in what's going on, but they're cycling guys in and out of the lineup. You know, guys are playing. They're not playing. They're going, you know, they're coming up. They're coming down. And I at a certain point, I just I'm just like, why? Like, I, I agree with you, like if I'm the Thunder and I almost upset the the Rockets in the first round and Chris Paul is very clearly like rejuvenated, why am I not trying to add to that? I, I never understood that. Now, OK, I will say this. I called the Chris Paul trade to Phoenix two months before it happened because we knew what the Thunder were going to do. They telegraphed every single thing. We're going to rehab Chris Paul's value. We're going to find a team that will give up a first round pick for him and we're going to trade him away. That is exactly what happened. It's one of the greatest things that's ever happened in my franchise. I'm fucking thrilled. But I don't understand it. I don't get it. Now, maybe you might say this to me. Okay, our fan base is so loyal, they're going to live through tanking. And our fan base understands that we can't get free agents and they've seen us lose free agents. So we need to develop homegrown stars. I understand those concepts. I really do. And, and I, I, I get it to some extent. But there's also a certain point where you've got a lot of talent. You've got a lot of young guys. Go start spending the money. If you don't offer contracts to veterans, you can't have veterans. And maybe you won't get all of them and maybe you have to overpay. But if you're such a good drafter with Sam, which Sam Presti supposedly is, then you should be able to fill in the gaps with veterans who help you win games in some way. Now, I'll say I did have a Thunder over 22 and a half gambling uh, ticket this year and that cash because they did win because I thought they were going to be a little bit closer to 30 games. That didn't happen. But I don't understand it. And well, I don't. Yeah, I'm not as uh, that part. I'm not as worried i guess yet because you know all these people get mad at the thunder. exactly what i saw i'm glad you brought it up you know they're on twitter hating on the thunder whenever the rockets and them were in the same fucking playoff same series playing each other and nobody complains that the rockets fucking suck and go are getting young players so it is like an odd thing like people do want to pick on the thunder and it's all because at one time they had kd harden and rise all together and i think people are still forever me's and mad about that um and yeah, everyone, no one likes Sam Presti. I guess so I look at it from like, what was he supposed to do? Turn down the picks when they were like, we'll give you these picks. He's like, oh, I don't want all of those picks. So I'd, so when people are like, look at him with all those picks. I mean, that's just kind of came with it. You know, I don't hate on him. Now, I will agree. Why is Shea not playing every game? You know, like I'm like, that's the one thing I, I'm upset with. I think Shea should be starting every game that he's healthy and you should be getting all the development in the world. You win as however many games you win, take the pick you get because you got all these picks from other teams that you have, you know? So why do you have to 
burn down your own when you know to to boost the picks but if they end up getting some goddamn generational player in one of these drafts i'm gonna be like well that was the smartest fucking plan of all time but i hate on the sixers all the time thinking the process seemed pretty fucking stupid from the outside but people that are sixers fans love it so maybe i'm just you know biased and at the moment but two two years to me is not a long time when yeah teams were fucking failing for 10 years straight we're like we didn't miss the playoffs really ever like they they came to the thunder with kevin durant you know we had it pretty good for a long time and i agree with that but my issue specifically is with the chris paul pivot point because that is a situation where you can keep chris paul you can help him have these young guys i don't know if they could have i guess i don't think he wanted to stay at the thunder i think that was the big deal was he didn't want to live in oklahoma but it wasn't really his decision at that point because his level had fallen to the point where like even people were questioning whether or not the trade to Phoenix was going to work out. And I'm not saying he would have necessarily stayed there long term. But my point is that they traded Chris Paul basically nothing because you were never keeping Rubio and you were never keeping Kelly Uber. Right. And the pick that you got from the Suns is now basically a back end first, which, OK, the Thunder have worked some miracles with that. But you can only have so many players on the roster. You can't have 150 million players on the roster. And so at a certain point, you're you're, you know, asset piling picks that it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to trade up to number one overall every single year. This is the NBA. It's not the NFL. You can't trade up to number one. That rarely is ever available. So you're stuck taking shots on. There's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. At that particular pivot point, you had at least two more seasons of Chris Paul available to you to help learn, to help these guys. Uh, and, and also like there would be certain mid-level free agents that would be willing to come in that situation because Chris Paul is there. I'm just saying that to me, I watched Devin Booker lose year after year after year. And it was fucking phenomenal to me that he somehow didn't develop bad habits. And I didn't understand why when the thunder had already gone through a, 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 you know, you go through a rough period. I thought it was weird to them pivot into, no, we're just going to be bad now because I thought there was a way to thread the needle, especially when you guys are good at making picks in the later in the round, you don't have to necessarily tank, but, and this team, the last two tanking years, they pulled out some like come from behind wins a lot. And you were like, Hey, this team's like, I think better than (laughs) what y'all want. You know, it was very odd. It was very odd. And I, I think I, I'm glad the Chris Paul trade happened. Don't get me wrong. It worked that well for me. I'm just saying I, I don't understand necessarily. I, I feel like Shea's career is being a little bit wasted right now. And I don't understand that thought when, like you said, why isn't he playing every game? Why isn't he developing? Like, why is, well, we need a 5% chance of a better pick. Like, I don't understand that thought process when you're having players develop, you know, losing habits. And I will say one thing on the whole Sonics thing. Um, I do think it's bullshit. The guys who bought the thunder negotiated in bad faith and lied about intending to keep the team in Seattle. But none of that is the fault of the fans of Oklahoma city. Right. And some people put it on them. That's that's Clay Bennett's fault. And whether or not you like Clay Bennett or not, I don't like anyone who's a managing partner in the league. And I think that 
I think that it was fucking stupid that the NBA allowed an iconic brand like the Sonics to be relocated. Just give these guys a new team in Oklahoma City. We knew that Oklahoma City was clamoring for basketball after the 2005 thing when the Hornets spent half the, you know, the town, half the time in the city because of Hurricane Katrina. Like we know all of that. Give Oklahoma City a team. There was never a reason. And now they're going to bring the Sonics back and give Vegas a team. And that's great. And we'll have, you know, a 32 team league. All that stuff is fine. But, you know, now you've had, uh, what is it like 15 years without one of your most iconic brands and you have to go kind of rebuild that base. It was a stupid move by the NBA. They should have just added an expansion franchise. Well, to the they did NBA. the same thing city, with in the, my opinion. the Hornets and then eventually came back around, even though I still think the Pelicans is the dumbest fucking nickname of any team. Um, like that whole thing was a shit show as well. So they definitely did not understand that. And I get annoyed every time I play NBA 2K and it'll be like the Thunder have you know, the records held by Gary Payton. I'm like, Gary Payton did not play for the Thunder. Like, Gary Payton played for the Seattle Supersonics, and those shouldn't be considered the same franchise. I also don't think the Lakers should count their goddamn trophies from Minnesota, but at least they kept the name, whereas in, like, I don't know, I hate all that shit. So I agree. Like, I think it is very uh, messy, right? It doesn't look good for, like, the legacy of the league. But it, I loved it. You know, it's kind of like your Chris Paul scenario. Uh, you know, it worked out really well for me as a kid. You mentioned how you have like a childhood love of basketball. I didn't play basketball because I was fat. You know, I was a lineman and uh, they ran a lot. And I was like, well, that doesn't look good. But I did lead like a cheering section for like when we went to the playoffs. Right. Like I was painting my stomach and we were doing like the Cameron crazies thing. But like for my little small ass high school and also kept stats like I'd go on road games and kept stats for the coach. So I always love basketball. But I also I, my parents don't give a fuck about sports. So like my fandom for it was pure. Like I was just sitting, you know, in sixth grade finding TNT to watch the game, you know? And so like, I didn't have like an adult telling me like, you have to like this person or do that. Like it was all mine, you know? And so it was, I've, it was very personal to me. And, uh, that, that's why I like it. I can even more than football and I've kind of fallen off football. I got into it in the last episode, but you know, that was like, Everyone love football, loves football where I'm from, you know, and so basketball was like it just seems so much cooler to me. Well, one argument that I've always made is that soccer should not be called the beautiful game, but basketball should be because I think I think basketball is I think it, I think basketball is like art and science wrapped into one incredible package that can't be matched in any other way. I, I think that basketball is a basketball arena when a home team is like, you know, coming back or having an incredible win, like that level of electricity is basically not available anywhere else in life. And I'm sure that, you know, there are incredible soccer games and football games to have, but when you're in an arena and it's just, you're, you're so packed in with 20,000 people and it's just so loud. And to me, there's just nothing like that. Everything about basketball is exciting and dramatic. And that, you know, like you say, the whole team, you know, we know drama and they're talking about basketball and they're right because there's so much to the game that um, it's special. And I'll tell you what, I was the fat kid too, but I was the fat kid who could make threes. Yeah. So I, you find your niche. I could on the playground, you know, like churches are big in a small Oklahoma town. So like churches had basketball courts and I would play there and I could do it between the legs layup, a little 360 spin in there. And that, like that, when I pull that one out at the park, people were like, holy fuck, how this fat kid do that? And then I could shoot threes. And so like that was my thing. But then when it was like, Time to play. The coaches were like, no, you're an offseason lifting weights, fat ass. You got to be able to be a lineman. So, you know, like that's just the 
what they did to me. I don't know. It's how it worked. Now, in hindsight, I wish more than anything I would have played. But also, no one ever asked me to play. You know, like they played with me on the playground and they weren't like, why aren't you playing? <laughs> so, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, you have you said you're bipolar. I, I don't know if I have anything, but you know, every time you see a video of like, here's the side effects of this thing, I'm like, Hey, I have like 80% of those, but you know, who doesn't, you know, it's like one of those moments. So I don't know, but I feel like if someone would have just asked me, I might've played basketball, but instead I was, I was not. I think, I think everyone is on some form of spectrum of something. I just think I just, I use, I just tell people I'm bipolar to, uh, make it clear why I'm how I am because some right. people will wonder they're like why are you were so happy yesterday and today you're down well I'm just having an episode and that's just part of it right but I'll tell you what as far as playground basketball goes two of the great highlights of my life are still playground basketball and I still think about them sometimes and I'm like yeah motherfuckers that's what's up and I hit a half court shot to win a game once at at lunch and I hit eight threes in a morning game in a row once before school and I still think about those sometimes so don't worry I, I'm still living in the past to an extreme level <laughs> so it's it, I uh it, it's too fun though even now I think of um let's see I'm trying to remember my age I think I'm 34 now you kind of it's hard to keep track eventually and uh even now i'm like if i just had a friend who was like i have a basketball court let's go play basketball i would love to but like without anyone else pushing me i'm like i haven't played basketball in 10 years you know like so yeah i i would uh i'd be like i'd love to play basketball everybody put your cell phones away into this bag where (laughs) nobody can record it and put it online Cause I feel like nothing would ruin my reputation more than a video of me playing basketball. Unless I was a play, allowed to play like final season, Larry bird, where I just like stand at the top of the key and pass the ball and shoot. And I don't actually have to play any defense or anything like that would be the level of basketball that I'm capable of playing at this point. Um, well, I, I can, I can walk the ball up the court. That's about it. You mentioned the defense. I think the reason I was never asked to play is I was definitely like, I, I just kind of fouled everyone, you know, on the playground because I was just big and I'd be like, what are you talking about? I went straight up, but like they're on the ground and I'm like, you're just little, bro. You're just little. <laughs> so, uh, you know, maybe hey. that wouldn't have worked in real basketball. I don't know. I'm not sure how. Hey. <laughs> don't drive to the hole if you don't want the smoke. Come exactly. on. Exactly. If you're the sheriff of the paint, that's how I, it is. And that's I, just what it is. I kind of looked uh, similar to Philip Seymour Hoffman and a uh, long came Polly, I believe is. Uh, Rain man. Yeah. <laughs> It was very similar one of to that. my one of my favorite all time moments. Rest in peace, pour one out for Philip Seymour Hoffman. But oh, yeah, he's the I'll, I'll tell you what, bringing it bringing it back to basketball. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I, I agree with you on. I think the Thunder are on the right path. I just don't understand the purposeful tanking. Like it seems like you guys have a really good coach because he keeps winning games. He has no business winning. Yeah, and I just I just think that developing good because ha- here's the thing. You have as much chance of getting the number one overall pick with other teams' picks as you do your own at this point. You don't need to keep taking those bites at the apple. I just think developing winning habits and creating a winning culture is important. And the reason I say that is because I watched the Suns not do that for a decade. And nothing worked until someone came in and said, no, we've got to figure out a way to get players here who want to win games. And I think that I think that you reach a point where you kind of end up on a weird treadmill. And I understand because the the goal is to not be the Joe Johnson, Al Horford, Atlanta Hawks, right? I understand that. No one wants to be constantly capped out at the second round. I understand that. But I also think that, you know, people don't think about the fact that sometimes it's like, 
you know, when you do it this way, you end up like the Suns and you win 30 games at most every year. And so I just think you got to stop taking guys out at the end. I mean, wouldn't it have been, what if the Thunder had won 35 games this year and the fan base was like, dude, next year we're going for the play-in. Wouldn't that feel better than like sitting Shea the last 20 games and putting out guys who literally are not ever going to play in the NBA again? Like, I just don't understand that concept. And that's really what it is for me. It's not the tanking or the trading Chris Paul. I think that it's just when you traded Chris Paul, you had this opportunity to do this other thing. And instead you say, no, we're going to tank. And I'll tell you what, man, I called into a Phoenix radio station in 2007 and recommended tanking before tanking was even a thing. And they called me crazy. I'm not anti-tanking at all. I think that the time they chose to tank was weird. That, that That's my only issue with it. But right. I well, mean, and you mentioned the fans. So I just want to mention that the there aren't really fan. You can't watch the games, you know, like the way the whole shit. I mean, like, that's actually my biggest complaint with with it. Like I watched every Thunder game the year we had Chris Paul. All of them, and the year before, and the year before, I just didn't miss one. And then uh, once Fox Sports got bought by Disney or whatever the fuck happened, right? You know that whole merger thing. uh, They went to instead of having Fox Sports Oklahoma, now it's the Bali Sports Network, which I'm sure other areas have this as well. Um, But there's not like a you can just buy Bali Sports Network to watch it, right? Whereas in I had a friend's login through his direct TV to where I could watch the Fox Sports. Like, I had a way to watch it before, right? But once they don't know it's Bali Sports shit, no one has Bali Sports. Like, anyone I talk to, they're like, I don't even know where to watch the Thunder game. So everyone I used to know that watched them, they don't even know. And without a national TV game, like, I don't, I would say most people in the state did not watch one Thunder game this year. And that's probably one of the biggest problems in the NBA right now is television rights, because like the end, the NFL has their shit worked out. You know, your game is going to be available unless, you know, there's tickets available in the stadium and you're, you know, right next door. Then there's going to be blackout rules, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the NFL, pretty much every game is sold out at this point, unless it's like a Jacksonville Jaguars game. My favorite NFL team. Oh, <laughs> Tell that out, I'm very sorry for you. Yeah, I'm very sorry. I uh, I was seven. I, I, I don't know. I just chose them. <laughs> That's how it works. I was I was 10 years old and I was trying to choose between the 0 and 2 Cardinals and the 0 and 2 New England Patriots. I chose the 0 and 2 New England Patriots. What a good choice I made. Yeah. Um, but the NBA really does have problems with rights. For example, um, Windhorse is always talking about, you know, Brian Windhorse lives in Oklahoma as well. And he's always talking about the problems of he can't watch Denver games because Denver's 500 miles away. And somehow they're within the broadcast radius. And there's all these little regional networks and all these, you're very correct. That is one of the biggest problem the NBA has is that people can't even get to know their own team when the games aren't even available. When I was a kid, Suns games were on local broadcast television. Now, like you said, you have to find the affiliate. Uh, the Suns are on Bally Sports too. Truthfully, they they I I also have them. I do have the ability to watch them. Actually, I have a friend's login for Directv, and he has Bally Sports available. Right. So I actually do have that. Funny enough, but um, I know exactly what you mean. That is problematic. And and see, again, that's like that's the NBA owners being douchebags and not caring about the fans. Right. And you, I would have whenever they announced the like monthly. Uh, league pass thing and it was like there's a tier where you can watch just your favorite team so it's like, God, I'll try it but I am I think I'm 120 miles or something from Oklahoma City and it's like if you're 125 miles within it games are blacked out so like I had it for a month and I couldn't even watch 
the Thunder games on it. So I was like, well, this is horseshit. <laughs> so it is, it's all sucks. And I know I could get a VPN and claim I'm somewhere else, but that just seems I shouldn't have to do that. All right. The NBA should be able to figure this shit out. League Pass has almost no value because you're literally only able to watch out of market games from teams you don't want to watch. You can't watch nationally televised games. You can't watch games that are local to you. If the game's on ESPN, TNT, NBA TV, you can't watch it. So, like, are you excited to watch a lot of Magic Hawks games? Right. Because that's the kind of shit that's available on League Pass, unless, of course, you're in Atlanta or Orlando. But, you know, I mean, it's just a whole bunch of games you don't want to watch. It's mid-tier teams playing teams that are scraping to get by and never get nationally televised games. It's just the worst teams. That's really what's available on League Pass. And I don't want to pay 30 bucks a month for that. Every time I've ever paid for League Pass, I end up regretting it. And I cancel it you know, basically after the first month, because it, it almost has no value. It's, it's completely useless. At least Sunday. T- when I use Sunday ticket, I'm able to, I bring up the quad box. I spread it across four screens and I watch four games at once. That has fucking value to me, but league pass has none of that. And the NBA hasn't figured it out. And the crazy thing is WNBA league pass is somehow worse than NBA league pass and NBA league pass is but I'm a big proponent of women's basketball. I love the WNBA and the WNBA league pass, like good luck if you've ever even been able to log into it and they're owned by the NBA. So you should still at least have the pride of making a functioning fucking app. Despite the fact that you're treating these women like garbage, that's a whole other separate issue, but the league pass doesn't work. WNBA league pass doesn't work. And you sit here and you watch a product like MLB TV, which is awesome. MLB TV is a great product. Direct TV, you know, um, again, Sunday ticket, great product. And you see league pass, it's just fucking ass. And I don't understand why they don't put any infrastructure into it or like work with someone like Netflix, call Netflix and say, we don't want to do the infrastructure for league pass. If we provide you the feeds, can you distribute it to the people? Like, why are you not doing that? There's so many things you can do. Well, I don't, I haven't been able to understand. And again, I'm not a, like a fucking genius or anything. And so I'm sure there's a lot of things I'm missing here. But I've never understood why if if sports are the like the last live event television that like me holds any value in television, right? Like that's the one thing you gotta have because that's the only thing people keep in cable subscriptions and all that shit. But if the NBA could just make an app that was that all worked and every game was on it and they didn't have a deal with any of these people, but instead brought all the money in through ads themselves, it just seems like you could cut out the middleman and make so much more money. But maybe I'm coming from like a weird, I sold some weed in college background, you know, like maybe that's why I'm like no middleman where I'm like, how, why do they have to bend over backwards to all these other things when it just seems like more people would watch? It's kind of like before, uh, I, I never understood why NBC just doesn't have a website. You go to NBC.com and watch their channel and all the ads are there. And now they're like, and we have this many million more people watching the ads. So they charge more. Like, I just don't see how the eyeballs on the screen. Isn't the same thing as like someone listening to the radio and you're like, Hey, there's ads, you know, but yeah, they, they try to put up so many walls that it definitely is hurting everyone. Well, I, and I think part of that is that, um, Despite cord cutting, despite all of those things, the subscription fees that come from cable and satellite outweigh any sort of advertising that you could ever get by so much that they they're still completely reliant on it. ESPN is kind of financially cash strapped and almost can't pay the bills for the rights to the NBA because of how much they offered them. 
and how cord cutting has affected them. Now, ESPN is obviously fine because their parent company is Disney. But when, you know, the reason you've seen all these ESPN names leaving the last few years is because they've simply had to decide between paying them or supporting their infrastructure when, you know, people are cutting the cord because they're losing these rights fees. And I think that no matter what you do, like if you were the NBA and you wanted to make the same money from League Pass that you were making from ESPN and TNT and all this stuff, you'd have to charge consumers like more like $100 a month for League Pass or something like that. Well, because TNT and ESPN have so unbelievably overpaid for those rights that I think that it would. Now, now to be fair, if everything was reorganized and the only way to watch games was there, you might be right. It may still be able to operate in that 30 to $40 a month tier because now it's no longer available on DirecTV. Now it's no longer available on whatever cable network. So I have to come here to get it on this particular app. But you're also talking about networks that are run by 80 year old white guys who have no concept of what the future or streaming even is. Right. And well, so it's kind of like uh, I, I know ESPN's put out or uh, someone did a study that it would be thirty five to forty dollars a month if they could offer you a here's ESPN like you pay a price right. and you get ESPN. And right. the reason and like they get like half of everyone's cable bill because of that, because that, you know, the ESPN is so valuable in those packages so i'm aware of that but but to me it's just like so right now tnt like we're saying with the nba i mean the greatest fucking show right with charles barkley and kenny anderson or you know that like it's amazing but like if the nba just took that on and were tnt for whatever like were that channel how would they not also be like well i'll just sell the ads the way tnt sold the ads and then because TNT has to make money from that show, I, I refuse to believe TNT is not making money from showing the NBA on their channel. Oh, no, of course they are. So Absolutely. like if they are, then the NBA should be able to make the money. Like, But I understand like that's a lot of legwork now. And maybe they're just like, fuck it, not worth it. But I don't know. It, it seems like there could just be a way where like I should be able to watch all the NBA games you know, like I should go to some app and they should have all the NBA games and I should be able to watch it. But maybe I'm too in the future here. <laughs> Well, no, you're right. That's what it should be. But obviously, at this point, it's a contractual problem because yeah, for sure. obviously, you know, TNT owns certain games and ESPN owns certain games. But you're right. Like a lot of this is lack of like foresight. A lot of this is lack of desire to change the way things are done. And, you know, like, you know, ESPN and TS TNT, they get their rights fees from the networks and those guys are all friends and Oh, if I put you out of business, then you're, you know, and and there's just so much kind of collusion and, you know, backdoor stuff or, you know, backroom stuff that, you, you know what I mean? Like, you're, I agree with you. There has to be a better way because it just simply can't be possible that the only way to do this is chop it up and split it up and make it convoluted as fuck. That doesn't make any sense. There has to be a better way, but you know, that affects people's pockets. Well, it's, you know, specific people's pockets and we know how that goes. Right. Well, it's, it's also fun to just be in this whole, like, you know, growing up, I only had Fox until I was like seven or eight or something like that. And then we right. got cable and then it was like, holy shit, we got, you know, 30 or 40 channels. This is great. And then, you know, I, you know, watch ESPN and all that stuff. And then we get sad a lot when I'm in junior high and it's like even more channels. And then we like, I'm the first generation. If I get to college, I'm like, I don't need any of this shit. We got Netflix. I'm down. I'm pirating everything, you know, like I don't need any of this. And so I was definitely the first cord cutters. And now it's coming back around. They're like, we're going to group this one and this one together in this package. And it's like way more than cable ever was. So we have went all the way around the bend to where now yep. people like reminisce of like, Oh, I would love cable, you know, like that's where it's at. And so it was bound yeah, to happen. 
And that's why most of the time I just pirate shit on streams. They're good enough. Fuck your app. I'm just going to steal it. Right. I need, <laughs> I need to find, uh, I used to have a good link to, you know, some ESPN stuff. Cause right now I can watch all the TNT games. I have a way to do that. Uh, but not anything on ESPN. So anytime that happens, I'm like, well, I just missed these games. Like last night I didn't get to watch any. And I was like, so fucking pissed about it. But, um, I'll, I'll- I'll hook you up with the right one. I won't say nice. it on here so we don't nice. get the feds on our ass, but I'll let you know. Dude, they're always listening. Trust I know, me. right? I, I, dude, I fucking love to live my life like a rapper and just be like, yo, man, the feds are outside my window, dog. <laughs> Gotta watch out. They're fucking, they're in the van. They're out there. The feds is on me. Like, you know, you just kind of keep that, that general attitude about you. I kind of live my life like it's a Coke rap song. And, you know, it's just like, you know, the haters said, is, is watching me. I've said some of the wildest shit on this podcast that like just think, just to see if anyone I know listens, you know, and they'll be <laughs> like, hey, uh, that shit you said on that last, you know, but in general, uh, I don't think many are. But if the, if the feds are listening, they have some shit on me for sure. I've definitely crossed oh, yeah. the lines. Um, well, what are your predictions uh, on the playoffs before we get you off here? Like, you know, how do you predict right now? I think we're like three to four games into most of these series uh, when we're recording this. This will come out Wednesday. Uh, but what do you what's your grand thing? I'm assuming your heart is saying the Suns are winning it all. But, you know, is that also where your head's at? Yes. I mean, I know that the Devin Booker thing with the hamstring is problematic, but it's a grade one sprain. They can beat the Pelicans without him. And truthfully, they can win round two against Dallas or Denver. Uh, well, uh, excuse me, uh, Dallas or Utah uh, without Booker too, because both of those teams are hobbled as well. So I, I don't, I don't think that Booker has to play again until the Western conference finals. And I think that by then he would be healthy. Um, every single metric, if you want to look at numbers and advanced stats, the Suns are the best team in the NBA and they're a historically great team. And I know that historically great teams also typically have historically great health. And you typically don't win the finals unless you're healthy. But, you know, Devin Booker is a tough guy. And I think that he's going to be fine. I will say, I said this on my show. I've said it everywhere. If there's any possibility of him having a larger injury that could affect his future, I do not want him to play. I don't want him to play. I would rather the Suns have to tough it out without him because it's not about this year. It's about the next 10 years with Devin Booker. And I don't want him to hurt himself. I do think that the Suns are still going to win. And I do think it's going to be against the Bucs. I'm not, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, the champions are the champions until someone beats them. And the Bucs have earned that right. And I know that everyone loves the Nets and loves the Celtics right now. And, you know, oh, the 76ers, look at them blowing out the Raptors. I understand all that stuff. Until someone knocks the champs <laughs> off, they're still the champs to me. And I think that we're going to have a rematch, but I think that the Suns are going to come out on top this time because I think the Suns' depth is simply too much for the Bucs. And as, as incredible as Giannis is, he's the best player on the planet right now. Um, he can't literally score 75 a game. And the Suns specifically built depth to deal with the Bucks. should they get back to the finals again. They signed JaVale McGee. They signed Bismack Biombo. They went out and got Torrey Craig again. Um, the Suns very specifically built a team to deal with the Bucks. should they see them in the finals again. That was purposeful. That was by design. And I believe that they're, you know, capable of getting there and getting over the hump. Now, with the way the Warriors are playing right now, you know, I think that we are going to be on track for, you know, uh, a, a Warriors Suns, uh, you know, Western Conference Finals. And um, I'm, we know the Warriors. We know how good they are. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that that matchup doesn't make me go, oh, man, that's going to be tough. I just think this is the Suns year. I, I believe in that. I'm a big believer in 
you know, sort of the Bill Simmons team of destiny thing. You asked me if I listen to Bill Simmons, I do not so much for his basketball analysis, but just because he has inside information and, you know, every now and then he drops some, some nuggets that you're like, Oh shit, I didn't realize that was going to happen. Um, I just think him and Rusillo are so good together. So I, I, I do like him and Rusillo, even <laughs> yeah. though I can't stand Rusillo's politics, but them together as people, I, I very much enjoy listening to like, especially because they don't just kiss ass. Like, I do think we've gotten to a point where guys are afraid of losing their access or offending someone to the point that they won't say what they fucking think. And Rosillo and Simmons do not have that problem. They'll tell you what they think. Right. And that's the other reason I like real ones. That's another uh, ringer podcast mm-hmm. with, uh, uh, you know, Raja Bell and Logan Murdoch. They fucking say what they think. And they'll just tell you, like, this is what it is. And Raja Bell will say, when I was a player, it was this. And I, I appreciate that stuff. Yeah. Um, I like Raja on that one as well. Uh, yeah, I think I don't know about Rusillo. I don't I enjoy the fact he makes fun of himself. Like he understands what everyone says about him and then he plays into it. So like from like a comedic standpoint, I just respect the fuck out of him. But yeah, I mean, he says some shit where I'm like, well, yeah, of course you think that because you have way more money than me. <laughs> you know, yeah. like there's plenty yeah. of those moments for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah, also, I, I loved the mismatch for, for a long time. I mean, I still do. I listen to all the mismatch. That's another ringer podcast, NBA podcast. People don't know. And I, I think it's so fun. I love just thinking about it. like when it first started, I thought KOC was so good. And I thought Verna, Verna was like, God, this guy's such an idiot. And now I'm so opposite. We're like, I'm ride or die team Verno. And anything he says, I agree with. And KOC just talks in circles. And I'm like, you're a fucking idiot, KOC. Nothing you say even makes sense. But like, I don't hate him, of course, but it's just part of the fun of listening. You know, so I enjoy that one as well. Their dynamic is really good. Verno makes me a little crazy because Verno's the kind of dude who will, on the one hand, tell you that a dude shouldn't talk shit because he hasn't done anything in the league. And then on the other hand, tell you that John Morant should be able to tell anyone else whatever the fuck he wants. And I'm like, yeah, but you're employed by the Grizzlies, bro. You work for grind city media. Like he's just one of those dudes who talks out of both sides of his mouth, but it's kind of like, he's fun. Like, you know, he just, he kind of there to talk trash and, you know, he's like, oh, ah, well, you mother uh, Kevin, you're crazy. You don't even know. And yeah, yeah they have a good time. He has I, the I like Alex your- Jones voice, which is what really does it for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, I just love it whenever KOC is trying to make some dumb point about something. And then it, to me, like, and again, I used to love KOC, but I just feel like in the last couple years, ever since that Killian hate, uh, Killian pick that he made fucking it ruined him. It ruined all of his confidence and all of his takes have been shit since. Uh, but I don't know. It, he just every time he brings up some stat and and also earlier, I, I didn't care about numbers. I do think some stats are very cool. Obviously, I have a math degree, so therefore I like numbers. But the people that are like only bring up the stats. I'm like, yeah, but I don't care. If someone scored 30 points a game that they made none in the fourth quarter every game or something. Right. Like that has to matter. Like there is something about like game time situations that should factor into something. And I don't know. Oh, there are so many good basketball podcasts, though. I do got to say that there aren't. There is no shortage of good basketball podcasts, I think. Okay. The basketball nerd in me is about to come out here for a moment. Go for I it. Just wanted, I just want to defend KOC on the Killian Hayes thing. Just one second. And I understand why everyone feels the way they do. But if you went and watched this guy at Ulm, the German team he was playing for before he got drafted, I understand what, what KOC saw. I don't necessarily understand the number one overall thing. I don't necessarily understand how he got there. But when you go watch that dude play for for Ohm, he was like, you can fucking see it because he's like, the ball's flying all over the place. He's orchestrating the offense. He looks like, it's like, holy shit, this dude, like, 
he's running it. But you have to think about the context of that. And the simple fact of the matter was that the only way it was going to work for that guy is if the Pistons gave him the keys from day one and said, it doesn't matter what mistakes you make. It doesn't matter how you fuck up. You are playing. And they didn't do that. And then he got injured and then they drafted Cade and it was over. And the Killian Hayes thing, like, I still think, I think he's a good player. I don't, the number one overall thing, I don't, but I understand where he, where he got it because there's, there is a really good player there, but you would have to like, you'd have to engage the tanking thing and say like, we are not going to win games this year. This dude is so young and so raw, but he could be that kind of, but I, I still think like the Steve Nash almost career arc is technically there for Killian Hayes. I'm not saying he can be that good, but I think he's someone who, that when he's like 26 might suddenly like, Oh, this dude's a starting point guard. Sort of like what happened with campaign in Phoenix. Like, I think there's a possibility that Killian Hayes on his second or third team figures it out. Another like thunder point guard. We gave y'all let go. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh dude. Well, Hey, listen, campaign campaign said it himself. when, when he was bounced from the league, it was because he didn't work hard and he was playing in China and Monty called him. And, you know, Monty had been uh, an assistant with the Thunder when, when campaign was was drafted. And he, you know, Monty said to Cam, he was like, listen, I want to bring you to Phoenix, but this isn't going to be the shit it used to be where you didn't work hard or you didn't try. He's like, do you practice now? Do you give a shit? Because I'll cut your ass immediately because this was before the bubble, you know, and they were just basically like, you can come in, but you're basically coming into this bubble. And if you don't try, you don't work hard. You don't show us that you've changed. We'll cut your ass and you'll be done in the NBA. And Cam has proven that he changed his personality. He changed his work ethic. And that, that connection to Oklahoma city is another huge one because if Monty didn't know who campaign was as a person and didn't trust him, the Suns wouldn't have a reliable backup point guard right now. And that, I mean, Cam has been everything for Phoenix. I love him so much. Yeah, he used to do fun dances with Russ before the game, and he had a funny face. That's what I remember the most about his time in the Thunder. But he has been great for the, the Suns. Yeah, we 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 so badly needed that third guard, and he really filled that role. And I honestly thought he was going to get a bag somewhere else this summer. And, you know, he told his agent, like, negotiate with Phoenix only. And he stayed, and he got underpaid. Like, he is making something like $6 million a year for three years. I think he signed a three year, $19 million contract and he is worth so the fuck more than that. But you know, I, I mean, I hate when dudes take pay cuts, like, cause fuck owners, but I love it when they take a pay cut for my team. Cause we yeah. need campaign. So yeah. well, it's kind of like uh, that whole thing where you're like, if you're ever, if you're ever against a player going and making as much money as possible, then you're a piece of shit. And it, like, you know, you got to reevaluate why you you're mad. Another man is making money. And I agree with yep. that 100% until it's my team. And I'm like, <laughs> but if I was the general manager of my favorite team, there ain't no way in hell. You like your, your mood changes immediately. Well, and that's the whole thing going on in the NFL with receivers right now. Right. It's people are so mad. Oh, Tyree kill got this. Oh, Devonte Adams got this. Well, guess what? Motherfuckers. The NFL salary cap is fake. It's bullshit. It's not real. There's so many things that you can do void years and guarantees and roster bonuses and all these things that you can do so that you can fit that money under the salary cap. Can you play every, you can't pay every player in the world. I, I understand that. But this whole idea that like, Oh, we, we can only pay him 25 million, not 30. That's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. And it's just 
fantastic PR spin that the, you know, the fucking ownership group. I hate the word owner, by the way. I hate using that word, but I don't know that people know what I'm talking about when I say managing partner. But the word owner should not be involved in involved in sports at all. Like it's 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 fucking racist as shit. I got to disagree with that. Racist as shit. I don't see how saying this shit, but it it would be if they said they own the players. If anyone said, if someone says that, that guy owns the player, I would agree with that. But to say they own the team or the franchise, I just think that's like saying that guy said he owns Walmart. Sam Walton's racist for saying he's the owner of Walmart. That's like what you're saying. If you're, I just, I think that's a step too far of like people are getting a little too woke, but if you call it, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong about that though. And it's fine. Well-meaning people can disagree. We don't have to. No, agree on I'm not subject, mad. But, let me, yeah, but let, me, let me, I'll tell you what my opinion on that is. I get what you're saying. The difference is that Sam Walton's product is shit on a shelf. It's food. It's bikes. The product in the NBA is the players, is the games, is men on a court doing something. And when you say that you own this product, you're implying that you own the people who create that product who literally are that product. And to me, if a man comes to me and says, you referring to yourself as an owner of me makes me uncomfortable because of this specific situation, it's not a big deal for me to say, okay, I'm going to call you something else. And players in the league have expressed their distaste for that term. And I think if the players who make the league what it is come out and say, I don't like this, then I don't have any problem with, with doing what they ask. And now you might say, well, that's too woke. Well, that's too this. Well, again, I would ask, why are you on the side of, of the owners? I'm saying that the players who make the league what it is feel a certain way about it. I'm on their side of however they feel about what it is. I'll be completely honest with you. I don't think that there should be owners in sports. I don't think that rich white guys should have any fucking thing to do with sports. They provide legitimately nothing to the game. They don't bring anything. And people might say, well, they bring money. If the players owned their teams, they would make that money and they would bring that money. We don't need old businessmen who know nothing about the game and provide nothing to the process except creating lockouts and strikes. We do not even need them. I would give anything for the players to start their own league, but it would cost them too much money in the beginning. It's never going to happen. Well, okay. So there you go. So you, you answered your own point there at the end. These owners or whoever, they put up the money at first. Not saying it should be that way, but that's how every business is. So like you're acting like a team isn't a business and i just view every franchise as a business and earlier saying walmart's products are the shit on the shelves it's not walmart's product is the real estate to let other people sell their shit in their store they don't own all that and i would say the owners could say the same i own this team that gives you an opportunity to come in and make money through it like i think anyone who's saying that an owner says they own a player i just have never heard that maybe donald sterling did or somebody but i think that's someone getting mad just to get mad I don't think no, it's that's real. not that's that's not true, actually, though. I, I Jackie McMullen in 2020 told Kyrie Irving that the players are owned by their team. Well, she's they, a crazy I, old white lady. I mean, well, no, but well, no, but that's an NBA national media member telling a player directly. You are owned by the team, which means that that is the opinion of, of that level of people. And I agree with you. Crazy old white woman. I'm not trying to say, but that's who the owners are, man. The owners are crazy old white people. Well, she's so just wrong. That, I mean, just because she's like, he's a contracted well, you, worker, well, just you, like I am with my no, job. But you said that nobody said that. And I'm saying that it's not true that nobody said or thinks that. And that is an example of someone publicly saying. Oh, well, you can find is, someone in America that thinks everything. But like I'm saying, like, well, well, sure. But if you but if you have one of she was basically let go from ESPN for that, by the way. So so I'm just saying, like, if you 
if 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 it's in the zeitgeist of certain people and that zeitgeist happens to be a level of people who are at the top of the league, it's a problem. That's all I'm saying. And and again, we can disagree about that. You can say, well, I think it's just a word. I just think this. I think the product is this. Again, you make a good point. Fine. The 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 business or the product of Walmart is real estate. Again, real estate is not people. And I think that that's the difference is that. I would I would just argue that teams don't own the people. I guess they're contracted not, workers, yeah. like every other business has contracted workers. But you're not required when you go to when you apply to your job. You're not required to move across the country to another city because you were drafted to play for a specific whatever. Now, okay, yes, there's some I companies I think that would be like that that have multiple offices you around the country. Not that you you're not required. If you when you're drafted, if you don't go play for the team that you're drafted for, you can't go take another job with another team. You could tell a company, fuck you, I'm not taking that job. If you refuse your draft pick, you can't go work somewhere else in the NBA. I understand they make millions of dollars. That's fine. But you can also make millions of dollars in other jobs and you're not specifically tied down to that job. You can go work for another company. Now, you might say you could go play in Euroleague, blah, blah, blah. Sure. But obviously, we know that's not the same thing. And again, I understand you can't solve all of these problems overnight. You can't just like come up with a blanket fix and sit here and say, this is how we do things now. Everything is perfect. Everyone's happy. I agree with that. But what I don't like is when players come out and say, this is something that bothers me. And then people say, no, I'm dismissing that. That's bullshit. I don't agree. They are the product. They are the league. They're the reason. Now, we're the reason that the dollars flow in because we go to the games. But the reason we're going to the games is because of them. And if there's something that bothers them, I think that we need to listen. And that's really all that it is for me is that I'm not on the court. I'm not in the locker rooms. I'm not the one dealing with all of the the stresses and pressures of of the game itself. I'm not the one who has a thousand people coming to my Twitter telling me you're a piece of shit. I hope your wife dies because I missed a shot in a basketball game. And I just think that sometimes we need to listen to the players about what the players need because they're the ones that are going through it. Right. And, and that's I, really what it is I for guess me. for me, uh, because I don't really care what they call them, I, all those other issues you just mentioned after the that are real issues, I think that you could probably take steps to doing something about that should be higher on the priority list than just the words someone uses. And I think whenever, when everyone wants to argue about just a word, it's taking everyone's energy away from real things they could actually make an impact. I guess that's where my sure. thought is. Like, I just think like, this is just something that people to bitch about for 20 minutes and then do nothing, you know? And so I'm oh. like, I don't know, but I just think people that get high, worked up about the word that I think there there is a bigger point. That's like, ah, oh, there's probably more to it. And with an ownership group, there isn't like a one owner. So I thought that's where you were going originally with all this. So I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but I just, now if something came out and they were like, Hey, this owner goes around telling players he owns them. I would be like, yeah, that's so fucked up. But to be like, they own the team. I still think isn't, I just don't think it's racist. I guess that's my only thing. Well, I, I just, I just think it's really the only, it's really the only business where players are tied to a specific employment and where we refer to management as owners directly. Now, again, I understand what you're saying about there are higher up issues on the totem pole. I'm not trying to say this is the biggest issue facing the NBA. I don't think that it is. However, I do also think that when I get what you're saying about it, but I also think that when you're sitting there vociferously defending the word owner because you don't think it's an issue, you're missing the point. Because you're sitting here saying, why are you getting worked up over a word? It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything to you. It doesn't mean anything to you. And you have to realize that your experience is not the experience of others. And it may mean something to other people a lot. 
And if you don't even care about the word and it doesn't mean a big deal, it doesn't mean anything to you, but it does hurt other people, then what you're actively saying is, I don't actually care enough about what you think or feel to modify my behavior because I only care about what I think and feel. If you don't actually care about the word owner, then the players telling you they don't like the word owner shouldn't be a big deal for you to stop using it. Now, again, not every player feels this way. Many players don't give a shit, and that's completely fine. This is not the most pressing issue in the NBA. It's not even one of the most pressing issues in life in general. I I completely agree with that. I'm just saying that it's part of a greater problem where the players say X and fans in the media at large dismiss them and say no. It was the same what? kind of thing that happened with with the uh, the kneeling and with the mental health stuff that Kyrie Irving went through. People are like, you're not showing up for work. I can't just not show up for work, blah, blah, blah. That's actually not true. If you were literally depressed to the point that you couldn't do your job, you absolutely cannot show up for work. There's there's a lot of I think that people don't remember that these guys are human. And that's really one thing that's that's and I, I'm not putting any of this on you, by the way. No, this I, is just I'm the, used to podcasts. The, I get how it yeah. goes. <laughs> no, no, this is just the, no, this is just the zeitgeist at large. Yeah. I'm not talking about you specifically. I think that people need to be because I used to just sit here and be like, fuck this. I don't give a shit, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then sometimes you see how people are affected and. You look at a guy like Carl Anthony Towns and he's lost half his family and people are still talking shit to him about basketball. And it's like, dude, there's more than basketball. Right. And that's where this comes from for me. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I'm just a devil's advocate person, so I'm going to argue about all kinds of shit. But I just. Oh, hell yeah. And the reason I love I, it. I love to talk about this. I love to talk stuff out. And the, and the reason I, I get hung up on the owner thing is because in my world, I, I was very liberal for years. And I, I still think of myself as one. But in the last few years, I feel like I've stayed in the same politically and everything shifted so much that all of a sudden I'm like in the middle or, or maybe even further right. And I feel like I've always had these same thoughts, you know. And so, like, I just can't get over when someone's like, no, this word now means this and i'm like whatever like these are words have meant the same thing forever and i don't and i do think if people get hung up on words it is like uh that's they feel like they can control that more or something i don't know so like to me i'm always like i just don't think it's saying and i just think if someone's like i own the team i'm the owner and then someone has to be like and that makes I don't know. And I understand I'm not them. I don't have these feelings, but also, and I don't know your history, but I've I tell a lot of my friends, like I feel a lot of this is from white people that don't have minority friends. And then they get worked up about this stuff when you're like, well, do you know anyone? And have you talked like, I don't know. Now I have heard the Kyrie Irving, Jackie Mullen story, but besides that, I hadn't heard of any of this owner stuff. So all of this was just like my gut reaction of like, people are pissed about the word owner, you know, but if it was a big deal, it wouldn't bother me if they changed it. But I know right now they try to use governor and that sounds fucking worse. I think that's like, I don't, that doesn't sound better than owner to me. Um, but I, I agree with that. I agree with that completely. Governor, governor has the exact same negative. Con- I don't like that term either. I, I completely agree with that. I, and, and the thing is, the thing is, you know, times change and the meaning of words does change. And what is acceptable in society does change and what is acceptable to people does change. And so, you know, you may feel like you have stayed the same and the world has changed, but that means that the world has grown and you have it. And if you, and if you sit there and say, I'm going to be the same person and I'm always going to the same thing, despite new information that's given to me, you're literally sitting there saying, I willfully remain ignorant. Now, this is like saying, I'm never going to look at analytics because they provide no value to basketball. I know my eye test is everything. And that's just not the truth, right? We know that the world changes. We know that things change. And it can be difficult because things around you may stay the same. And I I agree with your situation. I, I agree with what you said. There are situations where 
white people feel the need to speak for people who are not them. And there is a large problem with white people being like, I'm going to speak for this community. That's not what you should be doing, right? You should be amplifying the voices of people from those communities. We need to not just sit here and speak like, truthfully, two white guys sitting here arguing about what's right about, you know, diversity and all that stuff. This is kind of a a part of the whole problem, right? For sure. We shouldn't even we shouldn't even necessarily be doing this. We should brought someone in to say, you know, what do you think about this? Because this is part of the problem is that things are systemic where they come from is a place of misunderstanding. In a kind of funny way. And. Because we like, yeah, we don't have to keep talking about being a white guys. Every time I bring on a black guest, of course, it's for this, re- not for this reason, but always I'm like, hey, let's touch on it while you're here so I can, you can keep me in check or whatever. And um, I, one thing I come away from is they're not a monolith. They all have their own individual thoughts. There is no one black way to think about things. And Thank so you. whenever someone who isn't black is like the black people, should, I'm like, I just don't know why I'm listening to this person being the authority Thank you. Uh, because for my friends and I get that's just my friends and people I know you know they like me enough you know so what does that say about them but uh, you know it's just like I just don't agree with that and I like the term black Twitter is a very popular thing and you get on Twitter and there's like certain groups where you're like I just don't know if this is reality because the people I know in real life are like bro ain't shit like that you know like so it's just it, sometimes the internet it warps everything and then you it is hard to know right and then you get in these arguments with people and uh you know earlier me saying like i think the same thing i would say not i don't think all the same things of course everyone grows but the way i think like as far as like the way i process information right or i'm like uh, in a very quick one and this will probably open me up to be a racist but i'm i'm comfortable enough with myself i guess like growing up you know in the 90s of like every tv show just had one of every race and it was like just treat everyone equal and the same and you're like martin luther king everyone's same and so like i grow up like that is how i live my life i, I don't think like i treat anyone different but then it kind of did change at some time to where it's like no no you're supposed to treat people different based on their race but like the other side of the pendulum right like in, the, in this other way because you have to know and be educated of their struggles and all that to where then you're like if you then go and say like treat everyone equal that's bad but for like 20 years it was like the best thing you could say so there are moments. And again, it's not anyone's fault. It is just the way the world is and my, you know, the way I see it. But I, I always feel like at the end of the day, I'm, I'm always on the, the right side of history. But I'm always going to talk about the way like this is weird, though, right? Like things are kind of weird. No. And it's it's important. You made a good point when you said, you know, black people are not a monolith. That's a really important thing to be said, because I do think we as white people have a tendency to be like, well, black people think this. Right. And 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 it's like that's a there's no fucking I, I've, I've had this exact argument with my father where he will sit. Black people think this and black people say that. And I'm like, Dad, there's no such fucking thing that black people it's think. Like there's your, no your friend at work there, did say that. Yes. But right, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's no universal anything. And, and 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 when I when I'm talking about what I see people say, I'm talking about like there's always going to be a leading edge, right? A group of people who are ahead of how society feels about changes. And sometimes those changes won't pan out. And sometimes those changes will become the norm. So there's always going to be people who are like, well, we really think this now. And when those people are a large subsection of a specific group, it's like, it's, it's, it's like how, okay. By way of example, you know, we, I think we, as men all used to use the term females all the time, like, Oh, females always blah, blah, blah. And then in the last few years, a lot of women have come to say, I don't like when men like refer to women as females that way. It's, I use the bitches. It, 
Yeah, I could get exactly. Or or calling a woman a girl, things like that. For like, there's a certain level of respect that goes along with treating a person in the way they want to be treated. And so I I, I acknowledge where you're coming from. Like the world has changed, things change, and things are changing faster now because of how information spreads. I don't agree with every single thing that ever has come across my my Twitter feed. I'm not trying to be that person who's like, oh, this person said it must be true. And I and you know we've all gone too far on well. Actually, Our I have, own, I have know, a good way, I think, to tie this all up. How we started this with you trolling. I feel like <laughs> I honestly feel like there are trolls that pretend to be so woke and so liberal that they are pushing this edge as a joke. And I think there are people that don't get it. And then all right, of a sudden have, they're like, then you have, then you have a state like Florida though, that is literally Nazi Germany and is trying to quite literally make it illegal to be transgender. And, 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 and so, you know, while you do definitely have people who are pushing agendas all the way, you literally have places where it's not safe for people to exist as they are. And they could be thrown in jail just for identifying who they are. Yeah. I don't so, know why, much about the trans Florida stuff. If I had to be real honest. Well, okay. I'm going to go ahead and tell you the truth. Let I am know. gender fluid. Uh, so I do know a lot about it. That's new information for you, I'm sure. And I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks or knows about me. So congratulations for your podcast listeners knowing that about I'm me a now. real fucking journalist, guys. All right. Yeah, there you go. You can go fucking find all kinds of shit of me cross-dressing on the internet. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me. I do whatever the fuck I want. But that also means I'm very up to date on these issues. And in right. a state like Florida, I basically can't exist as who I am because they could literally put me in jail for a, to, for being a pedophile for cross-dressing. Now, you might say to yourself, that makes no fucking sense. Exactly. That's what's going on in the state of Florida. So while I understand, we, and I agree with you, there are people who push agendas that they don't even believe just to fucking fuck with people. That's definitely true. Yeah. But what I hate about that is it waters down the realistic agenda of what's actually going on. And you said that, you said that before is when we, when we don't actually pay attention to what's going on, we water it down when you make everything sensationalist. And I completely agree with you on that. Yeah. Like I kind of, I don't believe in the Q stuff, you know, I'm not going to groundbreak that here, but I, I uh, <laughs> thank God, yeah. thank God. I don't have to end this podcast right fucking now. Awesome. But I always was uh, curious of like, you know, I've always been a conspiracy. I always want to know what they believe or whatever. And there is a part of me that's like, sure, maybe there are some pedophile rings, but I think then people got involved and were like, and they eat their blood. And then they made it so crazy that it's like, well, if you believe that you're a fucking lunatic. So I do think that happens in all of these. Cons- I, my, my big conspiracy theory is that, all the other conspiracy theories they put people in there to make them too crazy you know to to push the boundary so that normal people can't get involved you've just been watching season two of stranger things that's what's going on well <laughs> no i'm no dude i'm with you i it's sensationalism is tough to deal with and it makes it impossible to to actually have realistic discussions about things but there is also a level of you know, you grew up like me in the 90s. We're both in our mid 30s. You grew up like me in the 90s where we would go bomb another country and then we'd clap and then someone would be like, you can't fucking do that. And then they'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How about some decorum? Don't swear. Like it was fine to murder people, but swearing, that's like way across the line. Yeah, it's like and Game so, of Thrones was always, I think, a big point for me in America of like. Game of Thrones comes out, they're chopping off people's heads and there's some tits, right? And then like yes. all on the news is like, how could they show these tits? And I'm like, exactly. People are being murdered. Like, I love this show, but like y'all are so stupid. 
we missed the point. And my my best friend made a point to me once about how when when we were kids, you'll remember this. You remember when we were kids, it was the Republicans who were trying to censor every rap CD and yeah. try to prevent any kind of. And now it's the liberal. It's completely yeah. it's completely flipped where, you know, the the liberal side is more wanting to censor everything. But Republicans have no values of any kind. You yeah. can say any fucking thing you want as a Republican. It's like that. that and that's literally it's it's well, completely what, what's it's happened bullshit theater for me politically there's been two things that have always been the most important for me uh and that is free speech and an anti-war i've always just been like i don't think i think you should be able to say whatever you want and then i, I think you should we should not go to war and then that always made me feel like a democrat but it just doesn't anymore those two things do not feel aligned with that party so i kind of yeah i'm independent um because i still think those things are pretty cool I believe in freedom of speech, but I don't believe in freedom of speech without consequences. And I think that that's what conservatives believe in is that they should be able to say whatever the fuck they want without any consequences. And that has never been the case and it never should be the case. You can absolutely say anything that you want to and you should be allowed to. But if people don't want to pay you money or don't want to be aligned with your business because of what you believe, that's not cancel culture. That's you being a fucking prick. For sure. And, and I, so I agree with that. But I think and I hate Donald Trump. No, I hate you. I bet you hate him. I like dislike him, but I could tell you probably hate him. Um. I don't think he should be kicked I, off I don't Twitter. Even have, I don't even have time. Right. To, <laughs> but I just don't think he should be like, to me, that's a freedom of speech. I know people are like, Twitter is a privately owned company, but I don't give a fuck. Listen, if you, I think everyone should be able to get on YouTube or Twitter or a fucking podcast or whatever and give their opinion. And then someone else should be able to go on and argue their opinion, right? Or whatever. And I don't think then you should be able to sound like, well, this person's so dangerous that we're going to make sure no one hears them speak like that. I just always believe in the good guy will come in with a better point. A John Stewart will have a video that fucking shuts up this guy, you know, because I grew up on that Daily Show shit, I guess. I just like the whole idea that we're going to silence them before they can even get their point out. It just irks me like in a weird way that I'm like, you just don't seem trustworthy if your side is the one that's like, let's shut up these people. But you don't have a right to a Twitter account is the thing. I, I understand where you're coming from. I really do. But you don't have a right to a Twitter account. It's not a part of like life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. And the right to at fuck you motherfucker on Twitter. Like maybe you should, just, but I, I guess I would argue. I think you should. I think uh, every human should be allowed to have a Twitter account. I don't understand why that would be so crazy. And then if your reasoning of why not is because they were the president. I don't know. I just don't think that's a good enough reason to not give them one. Like we have all these arguments like you have to serve everyone that comes into your cake shop or whatever. Right. And if you don't, they're going to take you to the Supreme Court about it. But then for Twitter, this company like it's private. They can do what they want. I, it just doesn't seem consistent. I mean, that, that's an interesting argument. I think Donald Trump should have been kicked off Twitter because he violated the Twitter terms of service. I don't really. I'm sure I violated I, them. I don't know what they are. Who reads? Well, it, no, but, but no, but that's sort of my point, though, is like like I don't. You agree to terms of service when you sign up for Twitter. If they kick me off, then they kick me off. Like, I, I just don't I like I wouldn't get up in arms if Bernie Sanders was kicked off Twitter. That wouldn't like ruin my life. Like, I just don't. I understand how people feel about it's such a platform and blah, blah, blah. But you just don't have a right to it. I would and, say and it's the man keeping Bernie Sanders down. I mean, I would have the exact same thought now. I'd be like, the no, fucking no, I, global sure elite, we're more trying, trying to, to keep Bernie Sanders I, from speaking the truth. And I hate, like I, I said, I don't even like Trump. I don't think he was speaking the truth. I just think any idiot should be allowed to post stupid shit. 
No, I understand what you're saying. Like, and, and that's consistent on that's consistency on your part. You're saying, I believe this and it doesn't matter who it is. That's what I believe. And I, I respect that. I'm not trying to say that they, I, I'm just personally saying like, like I, I'm never going to get up in arms about another person losing a Twitter account. That's just not a thing that I care about. And so, so I don't, it's, it's like you were saying with the, the, the terms, like, Oh, they're not something that's important to you. Who does and doesn't have a social media account is not important to me. And if a social media company decides to ban someone because they don't want to be affiliated with him, I really don't give a shit about that. And the point that you made about like the whole cake shop about not wanting to, you know, you know, we can't, we, we refuse business. We can't refuse. Business. I, I understand what you're saying. I would say that the difference there is that you don't pay for a Twitter account and you would be paying for a specific cake. I also want to say that, you know, I don't know if it's wrong that people can refuse business. I mean, like, I think anyone who's so bigoted that they would turn down a cake from a gay couple, I think you're fucking pathetic for feeling that way. Oh, agreed. Yeah. I think it. I think it's embarrassing and stupid. But like, also, like, I guess I don't know why you would want a cake from that person. Like, yeah. I thought it was like, it was always a weird scenario that one specifically because I've walked into many many stores that had say like we we have the right to refuse service to anyone. Like they just yeah, say it, I, you know. And I, I, I just. I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to feel about that at all. Cause like, I think you're a fucking prick if you refuse service. Yeah, I mean, I would have made them the cake, but I, if I was that couple, I wouldn't have wanted a cake from that guy. So it's that, a, exactly. Yeah. Like, I just don't know how to feel about that whole thing. But, but I, I, I would, if Twitter was $25 a month and you know, not that that costs anything, but I just like, if we were customers, I do think there's a little bit of a difference there. Twitter's a free service that we all use and they have the right to amplify whatever the fuck they want. And if they choose, they don't want someone saying stuff, they can just shut it down. That, that's how I feel about it. And I understand, like, I understand what everyone is saying about that. But like now Donald Trump has built his own social media. He's perfectly within his rights to do that. You don't have a right to a Twitter account. You have a right to whatever platform is available to you. Twitter's not available to him. Like, I just don't, it's not something that I would lose sleep over, but again, I wouldn't lose sleep over it happening to Bernie either. I, I would just say, well, that's another example of, like you said, the man, you know, just right. showing that they don't want Bernie to spread his message. I don't, I hate Donald Trump with the fire of a thousand fucking sons. I just don't. That's how my wife is. I can't even bring him up in this house. You know, it's yeah. like, well, uh, I just, I just don't really, well, I just don't, I don't know. I, I hate Donald Trump everything he stood for i just don't i'm not gonna sit here and lose sleep over other people in a twitter account like i care about my twitter <laughs> like I, right. I, I don't know like i just don't think about it in the way that other people think about no it. no but I, I only use that as an example of earlier you were like if you think free speech is no and i'm like no i my argument is is just when uh and i don't even mean the government i'm i'll talk more about like the the court of public opinion like when people don't want someone to talk because they're scared what they're gonna say i, I just don't you know, what I mean, it's just some sits weird in my gut, you know, of like, let them talk, let them talk. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, OK, well, you mentioned Alex Jones earlier, you know, another person that I obviously can't fucking stand. And Alex Jones has been banned from every platform, but right. he still has his website. Yeah. You know, he can still do whatever. I think it came out today. Is. He's filing for bankruptcy, by the way. That <laughs> <laughs> makes me so happy. Uh, but I just I mean, he still has his. And it, but the, but even the website thing, like. You know, like GoDaddy, a company I used to work for, has shut down multiple people that they didn't want their websites on. It's just, you know, right. it's if you if people don't want to be associated with you, they don't have to. And I just don't. And I, I agree with what you're saying. You should have the right to say whatever you want. That's fine. But the simple fact of the matter is you might have to stand on a street corner and shout it into a megaphone because nobody's going to give you a platform to do it. 
Right. And I guess in my mind, and again, this is all fantastical 90s kids ideas. You know, like I don't like any politician. I kind of like Joe Jorgensen that ran last time, you know, as a libertarian, but only because the idea I love telling people they were sexist if they didn't vote for because it was like this whole like hypocritical thing from the election before. But in general, I don't like any politicians. No one has like this message. And I'm like, I believe I believe. But if one did come up. Right. And there was one like I was like, man, this motherfucker's going to lead us to the promised land. But the me to know like, oh, but if the man decided to shut him down, what could we do? And then right now that's happening to other people. People's man, you know, and everyone's like, yeah, it's whatever. And honestly, kind of, not I mean, not for you personally, but for the liberals in general, if Donald Trump was never banned and it was a Bernie Sanders or a Hillary Clinton or a Joe Biden that was kicked off of a social media site during like this huge political thing. It would have been a crazy shit storm. And it would have been crazy complaining, I feel like. Now, your argument will probably be like, they would have never said some crazy lying shit like, like Donald Trump did. I would argue they all lie, but it, I don't know. I just think people would have cared a lot. Um, and, Yes, it's led to uh, Parler and all these other apps, but then that led another thing where like people that own these sites, like you were mentioning, like GoDaddy, they were like, well, we don't want to be affiliated with them. So maybe the argument is like, you got to make your own internet. Maybe that would be too hard. Uh, but it just seems like this is like the corporate man keeping a, the, someone down, you know? So even though I hate Donald Trump, I'm still like, man, fucking corporate media people. But then maybe I'm just becoming an old white man and they're just converting me to becoming one of them because I live in the Bible belt. I think that the problem is that I, I think that the problem is that a lot of these beliefs are actually cross spectrum. There's, have you seen the episode of black jeopardy on Saturday night live where yeah. they have Tom Hanks in a red yeah. MAGA hat. And you know, it's like, they agree with him on a bunch of things. Like, and it's like, what's a skinny it, woman good for? Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> something, something I agree with, by the way, uh, you'll find every girl I'm after is thick. Anyway. Um, the point is I do kind of, I kind of think that part of the problem we have is that we all agree that everything is divided along this line of red and blue and it's not. And, you know, just as a person who, you know, came out, you know, I have dealt with a lot of you know, people that I thought would be okay with that, who were not, and who were disgusted by me at that point. And those are people I don't want in my life, obviously, but you know, it's, it's not always, it's not always so simple, you know, life in general. And we have reached a point where none of us can talk to each other, but that's also because the discourse has gotten ridiculous. And I do blame that on Donald Trump because he did, you know, enable people I'm going to say what I want to say. And if you disagree, you're a bot, you're a Russian, you're a this, you know, and of course I love how, you know, everyone's a Russian bot. Now some of us love Russia when they invade Ukraine. Like this is the point is like, no matter what you fucking do, there is no such thing as white and black. There is no such thing as red and blue. Everything is a shade of gray. And the only way that you're going to figure out what is actually good is by sifting through that and getting to the truth. And, and it's just like you say, there's no such thing as a good politician. There are only good ideas. There are only things that we should work for as a society. There's no one person who's ever going to come along and know everything and fix everything and have all the right beliefs and all the right ideas. That's simply not a part of how humanity works. We just have to strive every single day to be a little bit better than we were yesterday. And we are not doing that. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would agree with you there. Uh, I would say I kind of blame Hillary Clinton because she used the word fake news first and uh, that spiraled into everything that had happened today. Um, uh, <laughs> I think she said she called something fake news and then Donald Trump stole it. And then that's all I've heard every fucking day for eight years or something is the word fucking fake news. I blame Jimmy Carter because he didn't take 
the grand scale of operating the office of president seriously and only wow. confined himself to the minutia of the day-to-day -day stuff, which allowed Ronald Reagan to win and set us down the path of destruction that we are on now. True. And, and so, the way people remember Reagan versus what he actually did is so fucking opposite. Drives me nuts. Ugh. Oh, I yeah, I can't even dude. I could. Yeah, I. I, I so anyway, the Suns are going to win the finals. <laughs> well, oh, by, by the end of the playoffs, we'll we'll have you on. See how it all went. And then, of course, catch up on any of this stuff. Um, you know, I, I just appreciate anyone that can talk about stuff because you mentioned like the discourse. My big problem is you can't talk about anything without someone hating you. Right. Like I get my opinion and they're like, if your opinions aren't their opinion, now they hate you. You know, like and also sometimes sometimes I want to state my opinion because I want to know if I'm wrong. Sometimes yeah. I want to say I think this because I need to know if someone's like, whoa, dude, no, 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 no. It's this because if that's the case, I want to know. I, I want to be I want to be educated. I don't want to be a fucking ignorant fool, but sometimes I don't know. And so sometimes I'm like, I think this and someone will be like, you know, it's not actually that way. You have to look at it from this perspective. And I'll be like, oh, I never even thought of that. And so sometimes ignorance isn't like willful. Sometimes it's just like, dude, help me. I want to learn. And sometimes you're asking the wrong person and you just have to do your own research. I don't like using that phrase because I know how it sounds in relation to COVID. Don't use I'm triple vax people. I'm triple vax people. Don't even don't even come at me. But you do have to be educated in life and learn from the people around you. And yeah, I just try to do my best and yeah, well, and, and people are person. not going to change. Most likely, people are not going to change their mind just the moment you have a good point. I bring this up all yeah. up on time on podcasts, right? Like there are times someone's had a good point to me, but I'm like, that's fucking stupid. But then like three days later, I'm like, oh, I get it. You know, like yeah. that's just how it works sometimes. So, you know, like uh, the trans stuff's a real hot topic issue. You know, I brought up a few times here and there. And I like to think like in my real life, I have no problem with any of it, but I'm just talking it out because it's this is a new thing. And what am I supposed to do? Just fucking talk to myself about it, you know, and then and then come up with it. So, you know, sometimes you just uh, you're just talking. You want to hear opinions. You can be wrong. And I think people are so scared to be wrong now, right? Because it is the Internet. And like all my podcasts, you can still download all of them. And I'm probably wrong all the time, right? And if I cared, I'd be like, oh, no, someone's going to go pull where I said. I thought Hillary Clinton was going to win, and then she did, you know, or whatever. Like, that's just not <clears> – <throat> I don't care. It is what it is. You grow, you learn, you figure it out. So, uh, Yeah, and, and I will tell you, by the way, I'm – I am open. If you ever want to talk about some of that stuff, I am, I am a person who will talk about that. I'm not someone who's going to sit here and be like, you use the wrong fucking pronoun. Fuck you. I'm not going to treat you that way because I understand. I am a person who's still figuring myself out. So I can't expect everyone else who doesn't even live it to understand it. So those are things I'm willing to talk about. We can breach those subjects sometime. Right. I'm an open book. Just so you know, I mean, cause when we, when I was in elementary school, everything was gay you know and yeah. uh oh, yeah. so it's like the, for me too right for me too that was that was the insult of choice when we were kids absolutely everything and I, it didn't it did I, not mean I, homosexual i know it's like hard for people to realize that but like not once when i called my friend gay did i think because you like to date men what i what we all really meant was you're effeminate in some states some scenarios or we meant like you're dumb which is still wrong yeah still wrong <laughs> still right still wrong and we should have been we should have been told like hey that doesn't even mean that but because you're so like in elementary school all the older kids are calling you gay and everyone's calling everyone gay and so like and i'd never ever call anyone gay now right like i'm just saying it now for comedic yeah. effect no no and i completely understand i used a ton of words when i was younger that i didn't understand at all that i completely regret using that i my douchebag 
white privilege made me think didn't matter at all. And I completely acknowledge that I was a piece of shit when I was younger and didn't have a clue about the weight of the things that I said. And that's why I want to be so much more educated today. Right. Well, you're you're doing a good job. Just keep trolling people on the basketball shit. And then uh, <laughs> oh, that'll never stop. That'll never stop. That's my life's calling. Hell yeah, man. And uh, like I said, I'll check out your podcast. I mean, you probably will never need me on an episode. But if you ever need someone, I'm here. Um, Hell yeah. Always Let's able. do it. I'd, I'd love to have you come on. We'll do my 10 questions format. Blooddoctor.com, by the way, for anyone interested, you can find my podcast there. Nice. Perfect. All right, man. Well, I uh, appreciate you being on. Anytime, dude. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Beats. Beats.